0: Ladies and gentlemen, the following episode is scheduled for one fall. Coming down the aisle are your hosts of In The Click, Baby Huey and Brian Pranik. What's up, everybody? Baby Huey here, back at it for a very special episode of In The Click. Joining me right now is someone I've been a fan of for a very long time. You know her for her time in WWE as Lana, but now she is the star of The Surreal Life. It's actress, model, and former WWE superstar CJ Perry. How's it going, CJ?
1: Hi, how's it going? Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, super excited to be talking to you again. It's been a few years, I think, since you and I have talked, but yeah, super excited that you're going to be on, uh, I guess you could say the reboot of The Surreal Life, which premieres this Monday, October 24th. With back-to-back episodes at 9 p.m. on VH1, so CJ, listen, I love the original incarnation of this real life back in the early 2000s. So I'm just curious, and for anyone who maybe didn't watch that initial run back in the early 2000s, is the premise of the show the same?
1: Yes, there's. I mean, there's a lot of similarities. It is the reimagining of it. It is the 2022 version of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's. You're putting eight celebrities in a house um, from all different walks of life, all different cultures and um, races and religions and careers, and putting us in a house with no doors and um, not telling us what's happening any of the, any day, taking us um, out on activations where we have no idea what the activation is, and also taking our phones away. So, um, yeah, Google, me not having Google at first was an extreme struggle. However, it made me talk to people and learn about people for who they are instead of what Google and
0: headlines have to say about them yeah yeah so that now that that's really you know interesting to to hear about that and just for you cool. like I saw the like the teaser trailer online and it looks like it's going to be absolutely chaotic but fun all that good stuff the cast just to name a few you got Dennis Rodman Frankie Munez, Kim Coles I uh, of course Stormy Daniels so uh, I'm just curious like, what was it like living in a house for, like, two weeks with Dennis Rodman? I mean, did you guys, like, talk politics? I know he's been very public with his, you know, friendship with Kim Jong-un. But what was it like living with Dennis Rodman, of all people?
1: Um, it was everything you could ever imagine. Um, Dennis definitely lived up to his reputation, that's for sure. And But it was, you know, it's crazy because I know Dennis um, from basketball from the Chicago Bulls. I was a huge Chicago Bulls fan. My dad was um I watched him with Hulk Hogan and WCW. I mean, he brought for me brought so much awareness about wrestling, like I was watching him in wrestling because I was a fan of him at Chicago Bulls. So it was crazy to see him in the house. He, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my god, let's talk about wrestling. How was it in WCW It's Hulk Hogan? So we immediately bonded over wrestling and being athletes, and you know just. The conversations, a lot of, you know, he brought up a lot of sometimes hard conversations um, for me, like basically telling me I should retire from wrestling. Um, So you'll have to see my reaction and what I feel about it on the show, but um, tune in. Um, But actually, I didn't know about the Korea thing because I didn't have Google. And I didn't know that. And so I actually, you know, was getting slightly anxiety and actually tripping over my own two feet because I was so anxious that I didn't have my phone to Google people and find out all the tea about them. And um, actually, um, Miro um, kind of would give me some information um, whenever I was able to talk to him on the show or Tamar. And then on top of all of that, we really got to see another side of Dennis. Like, he was really able to open up about things from his past that like none of us knew and um it's like just maybe have a lot of empathy for him because uh, yeah i don't know how different i who's to say how i would be and how i would be acting if i hadn't gone through the same experiences
0: gotcha yeah no i'm really fascinated to see what your response is when he tells you about uh you know retiring from wrestling because i think a lot of us still want to see you be active with that and so you know i, I i'm curious you know You know, I'm a big wrestling fan, and, you know, last time we talked, it was about wrestling. So, you know, I I am kind of curious, though, with the state of WWE, you know, Vince is gone. Triple H is now head of creative. Stephanie is, you know, co-chairman. So I'm just kind of curious, you know, where are you at right now in your own career with wrestling? Do you see yourself maybe want to go back to WWE, or would you prefer maybe pursuing AEW where your husband Miro is at?
1: Uh, I would. I mean, I'm all. I'm open to everything in life. I if I put my dreams in a box, and um, I wouldn't be where I am today. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, Triple H, he's a genius. Stephanie's a genius. I got hired by Triple H. He paired me with Miro. Helped really, um, you know, helped really cultivate that. Um, our start 2014, that story and that gimmick and those characters, he really, really helped me develop the Ravishing Russian. So, I think he is an incredible creative mind. I think he is an incredible storyteller and entertaining. And I, you know, of co- I would, of course, if, if, if the story is right, if it makes sense, I'm always open to go back to WWE and tell compelling stories and same with AEW. i w i'm totally open to that too i would i love working with my husband and um creating and telling stories um my biggest thing is like i don't want to do anything mediocre as a mediocre mm-hmm. the, the eastern europeans coming out right now <laughs> i don't want to do anything <laughs> average i yeah, I don't want to be, I don't want to be average. And okay. I think that's what Dennis Rodman was saying to me is like, don't be don't be good, do something that you're great at. And so I want if I come back, when I come back to wrestling, I want it to be a great story and be compelling. And um, so until then, I, I don't have to go back until I I feel like, okay, this is going to be great. And um, I look forward to it because there's nothing like the wrestling fans and having that emotional connection with the crowd and with the fans. I love, I love our fans. There's nothing like it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally respect that. And, you know, waiting out for the right opportunity. I totally understand, but, you know, talking about stories and, you know, stuff that you were a part of, I mean, uh, you know, Rusev day when Mira was in WWE as Rusev and the whole Rusev day just t- took off with him and Aiden English. I'm always kind of curious. We know how that story ended and how it played out. I'm always kind of curious, though. It was so over. The fans love it, the merch, everything. But do you feel the Rusev Day storyline and all that kind of ended too soon?
1: Um, I feel that Vince had an idea of how he wanted the simplest way of putting it for all the listeners that might not be as familiar with wrestling is Vince McMahon is, was the director, the Steven Spielberg of our show. Mm -hmm. And um, just like any television show or movies is there's casting and, you know, you're kind of, it comes down to the exec of the network to the showrunner. And if they see you, if they want to cast you as a villain, you know, that's their choice. And I think at the end of the day, Vince loves, Miro as a villain. And so that was the, really the bottom line of the struggle is like, he wanted him to be his Bulgarian brute, 300 pounds, crazy villain. And, um, you know, I mean, it's his, it was his company, still is. So, um, and that was his creative vision. And I think that was always, that was always the conflict of it. Gotcha. of it all, Really to come down to the bottom line. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally Yeah, understand. I could
1: have a ton of opinions, but... <laughs> It's show business at the end of the day. Exactly. And whoever's in charge is in charge.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally understand that. I get that. Um, you know, listen, I know I know we're running short on time, but I just do want to ask one other thing, you know, um, you know, towards your end of your time with WWE, you know, you had that program with Nia Jax, and, you know, for, what was it, like nine weeks, I think it was, you know, she kept putting uh, the Samoan drop you through a table. I was kind of wondering, like, you know, after like maybe three or four weeks, was there a point where you're like, guys, like, can we change it up? Like, you know, this hurts going through a table so much. Was there like, like an end game? Like, what was the point of it going on for so long as it did?
1: I, um ironically, I really enjoyed it. I mean, yeah, it definitely hurt. You're going through a commentary table, which is much thicker than a normal table. Mm-hmm. And, uh you know. A beautiful Samoan dragon uh, is is dropping you and landing on you. So there's nothing that doesn't hurt about it. But I, I mean, that's why that's why I wrestled. Like it's not, it, it is painful, but I I love it. There's nothing like it in the world, and um, it it just happened to be that you know Miro had did a podcast that day and it released that morning and he was asked for a question of like, do you think um, CJ will get punished for you and what you're saying in AEW about the company? And that night I started going through tables. It just was coincidence. Mm-hmm. And then the fans this is what I love our fans. Like they just like had my back and they were like, screw WWE for punishing Lana. And so they decided to run with it. They're like, Whoa, she's, I think we can get her over as a baby face now. And that was like, never like originally the intention, but they just kept on going with it and running with it. So I was like, cool. Like there's a story here. Naya and I had great, um, chemistry. It was very much a David Goliath story. And I think people understand it. People understand that type of story. So I'm very, very thankful. And, um, you guys should subscribe to cjperry.com to um, let me dive more into telling these wrestling stories as well as the tea on our VH1 show so real life that's coming out.
0: Yeah, no, listen, CJ, and I know you got to run. No, thank you. I was just going to say, yes, yeah, cjperry.com. I know that's where you've been posting a lot of behind the scenes stuff. All your content goes there. So I encourage everyone Check that out as well. Listen, just big fan. Respect everything you do as a manager. I love that you're you know, a big fan of Miss Elizabeth, Paul Heyman, Stephanie McMahon, all that stuff. So uh, mm. I, I'm down to support you any way I can. So I encourage everyone, tune in for the premiere of This Real Life this Monday, October 24th, uh, back-to-back episodes, mm-hmm. 9 p.m. on VH1. Thank you, CJ, for making the time. I hope we can do this again real soon.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
0: Talk to you later. Bye-bye. There you
1: have it. Thank you again to CJ Perry
0: for being on the show. Remember to watch the premiere of the surreal life on Monday, October 24th with back to back episodes at 9 p.m. on VH1. Check out her website, cjperry.com. You can follow CJ Perry on Twitter and Instagram at the CJ Perry. All right, clicksters, let's go home now. Remember to subscribe to in the click on Apple podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're also on a ton of other major podcast platforms. Help the show out by rating, reviewing, leave a comment, and share the podcast. Subscribe to In The Click's YouTube page, watch the videos, hit the like button, and leave a comment. Please follow In The Click on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for at In The Click. Email us at intheclick at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for tuning in and for all the support. And that's the bottom line, because Huey said so.